Welcome to another podcast episode for the Dollars and Cents podcast. Today we have with us Kenneth, the financial advisor, but he's also been a premium banker in the industry. Before graduating from SMU, I really knew that I had a job in um, OCBC Bank as mm-hmm. a management trainee. So I was in the bank for about two years, servicing clients with their personal wealth. And I actually uh, left the bank after a while because I wanted something more pertinent to what happened in my life. Because okay. in university, I was uh, down with um, stage 4 cancer, but I did not have proper insurance coverage. Our financial advisor did not do a good job. Okay. So I joined the financial planning industry to actually ensure that my family and friends are well covered all the time and that they can actually hit their financial goals as early as possible. Okay. I guess this is also one of the reasons why you are a very important guest for us today. No need for introduction, it's uh, Timothy, our Managing Editor at Dollars and Cents. So on to our discussion for today, right, why we have Kenneth on board. We are discussing, can I trust my financial advisor to give me good advice? Okay, so you shared that you bought some wrong policies in the past. So is this why you actually became a financial advisor eventually? And actually, what can people think about? Okay, actually, it's my, it's my parents who bought the wrong policy, not, okay. my, <laughs> not myself. But however, um, they sort of blindly trusted the financial advisor because uh, he was a close you know, family friend and mm-hmm. they just say that, oh, whatever you say must be good and they just buy it. So one thing I wanted to point out is that there's two different things between trusting a person and trusting a person's knowledge. You know, I can trust my friend, but mm. can I trust my friend to be in the industry in the next 40 years? Or can I trust my friend to actually know what I'm talking about? It's two different topics, right, in my mind. Oh, th- that's definitely yeah. true. Because I, I trust my friend, but if I know his financial planning knowledge is quite terrible, yeah. I wouldn't want to trust it. La. So even if he's looking out for the best for you, is not really the best than advice uh, someone with proper knowledge. I think in these days, right, the black sheep industry are a lot less because MAS has a lot of guidelines which stops down. agents from mis-selling and misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. Like for example, MAS came up with this thing recently called the balance scorecard. Yep. The BSC. So for us, for my team, I always ensure that everyone is in grade A. Okay. Because you do one small mistake, you go down to grade B. Imagine if a client asks you like, hey Ken, are you grade A, grade B, grade C, grade D or grade E? Imagine I tell him grade D, more or less, that business will go bye-bye already. Okay, okay. we'll come to grade D um, in a minute because these agents need to climb up back. <laughs> yes, so yes, I'm correct. You've been writing about insurance for a really long time. Yeah. So how do you go about buying your insurance policies and have you ever wondered whether you can trust your agents or, so, or do you make that decision on your own then get the person to buy? I think Kenneth raised a very good point and also you mentioned a very good point about whether you can trust somebody versus whether you actually can trust his knowledge. Yeah. So I think one of the mistakes that a lot of consumers do make is that they take it upon that it's the full responsibility of the agents to advise them uh, 100% accurately or in mm-hmm. the way that they expect to receive knowledge. And a lot of times consumers don't take it upon themselves to actually get themselves educated as well. i give you an example from a different industry. It's, it's just like planning for your travel or your overseas holiday, which, some, which is something all of us can relate to, right? Imagine in the past where you, you rely on travel agencies or your tour operators to give you the best holiday experience and you go there and you don't have a good time and perhaps you know in the future you just won't mm-hmm. use the same tour operator again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in today's context, people are a lot more uh, active. So what you do is, if, even if your tour operator were to propose to you a certain plan or itinerary, you are going to go on the internet, yeah. Google, yeah. search whether you know, this hotel is really good, this place is really worth going to and this restaurant is worth the money you're spending. Right. So I think that same mentality we should take it when it comes to insurance matter mm-hmm. or personal finance matters in general, okay. uh, where consumers take it upon themselves to actually get themselves informed mm-hmm. so that even in the context where they meet an agent who is either not trustworthy or perhaps not very well informed themselves, 
they themselves can differentiate between, hey, am I really receiving the best advice or is something off here? And then that will send them those cue signals to go and ask for more advice or, or even research a little bit more. I feel that compared to travel insurance, like people have a lot more inertia on financial planning. Yeah, um, no, not it, so much. Yeah, travel insurance more like travel yeah. holidays. Ah, yeah, holidays. Yeah. Right? Because I think people feel that financial planning does not constitute to enjoyment. So they always say that, oh no la, I don't have to plan for this. I can wait till next year to plan. Right. So they keep waiting till next year. Who knows? Thirty years have passed, and yeah. you are already on your retirement age. Yeah, no one gets up thinking of buying insurance. Yes, because, yes. So I think that's a very true mentality about enjoying versus uh, something you really need and, and but you don't really think about it. I mean, anyway, um, the millennials, especially these days, they have the YOLO mentality, right? <laughs> okay. Now the UOB also has one card called YOLO, oh. YOLO card. So, yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree with what you say. I totally agree that, you know, when it comes to financial or even in- insurance planning, you know, people are just not naturally as excited as planning for a trip to New Zealand. Oh, but gosh, I think yeah. that's what my, my point was earlier, which is that people are not, but they have to be. Mm-hmm. And if you are not, yes. but you fully rely on your financial planner or a financial advisor to tell you what to do, yes. you put yourself there at a risk that you may not be receiving the best advice or even talking to the right person. Yeah. So I think that was the point that, you know, I feel consumers need to uh, focus up. And, you know, you were mentioning earlier on that, you know, perhaps your parents didn't buy the right policy. I do feel that the older generation, I think I mentioned in the last podcast mm. or so, that the older generation, for them, it's a bit of a different view because information at that point in time was really a lot more limited yes. compared yes. to today, our days where right. you know, you've got yeah. something, you've got a question, you can just go to the internet and ask your question and it's a lot easier to find information. I think in the past, it's a lot harder and that's why you know, they have to rely a lot on the people they talk to. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, that's one thing that we can take home in, in a sense that in today's context, you know, we can find our own information if we want. Yeah, uh, it's a lot easier. Okay, drawing on Tim's point, right? He was talking about the travel industry and how people used to rely on their agents. Now they doing it themselves. Do you see that in the insurance industry? They used to, or they maybe still rely on their financial advisor. But will they move towards doing it on their own in the future? I don't think in the near future that will occur. Okay, maybe some stuff like accident policies, term mm-hmm. policies. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can click and direct purchase online and they minus all the commission and get it at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for things which require, which has savings, like investing in par funds, mm-hmm. as well as uh, investment link policies, which you need some technicalities, I think people will need some expertise in that like, because if they blindly just buy an, an ILP off the internet, they might regret it years later to come. Yeah. And I think also um, there's a group of people, especially my market, they actually prefer the human touch. They actually want to like, when it's time for servicing, come out for a cup of coffee. Because basically to, to me, I mean the financial planning world still needs um, human touch and relationships. Okay. When in times of difficulty, would you really want to like shout at your computer someone. saying, help me, help me yeah. and stuff like that. Or you can click and ask for us the, the chat box, ask for questions, but the reply might not be what you want to hear and you might not be satisfied. Okay, um, I just want to touch on one point before going on to the after sales. I think we've got a big conversation there mm. as well. I was trying to like decipher what is it you can say about person needing an insurance policy. So the person needs to know what his objectives are in life and then the advisor can fulfill those oh, objectives I, with, with policies. So, exactly, exactly. So if I if you give me an advice, it could be that it is the right advice but to the wrong person, you know. So it still will turn out very badly for me. Correct, okay. correct. I always share with my clients that in the financial planning world there are actually four universal fears. Okay. One is um, the loss of income due to critical illness or disability. Mm-hmm. Two, what if I pass on before my time? Yes. And um, the liabilities, what happens to them? 
The third one is, can I retire with the desired lifestyle that I want? Can I afford my holidays every month and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And number four, if you're a parent, you definitely want your child to have the best education. So if you were to see all the fears, right, actually, every fear can actually fit into one of these categories. So it's easier for the people who are not so savvy in the financial industry to actually pick one and start on one first. Yeah. But in Singapore, I always tell my, my prospect or my clients that you need a shield plan because I've suffered from that before and cost a condominium for my family. Yeah. And it's quite painful. I, like. I know it's quite a painful history. I mean, and can you share with us before the podcast as well? So I just want to go back to back then. You said you had five different ILPs. So yes. it's in a way that your parents didn't really know their objective. That's why they got kind of so bad. I, I think they just wanted to, they just wanted to, because it was a, a close contact, right? I think they just wanted to support him. It doesn't really necessarily mean that the product that was bought was, was wrong, but it, it's more like whether or not it was the most optimal use of funds. Exactly. the budget that, that you guys are family. Exactly. Be- because last time when my family was pretty well to do, yeah. they did not care about budgeting. Okay. <laughs> so that's the worst part as well. So now I, I even my, my rich clients, I do tell them budget. Okay. Because the, you never know, somehow right? the richer the richer you are, the more yeah. you tend to spend as well. Because I'm just raising it because I think Dinesh make a good point that the right advice or rather the right advice to the wrong person can also become yes. the wrong advice. I definitely agree on that. The wrong yeah. plan. And I think insurance company also create products for different kind of solutions. Yes. And yeah. what I mentioned earlier is it's not just about what your advisor is trying to sell to you, but I think cannot mention clearly at the start, like, you know, what are your needs? What is it that you're trying to solve? And Correct. then you buy the right product to solve that need or yeah. that fear that you have. Correct. If they cannot find out like what exactly they need, we'll have deeper conversations. Okay. Okay. Like it, it doesn't mean that you meet me today, uh, I must recommend you a policy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I need to know exactly what you want in life first. Like for example, you might think that you want protection, but actually you may not need so much protection. You might want to have a proper retirement plan instead. So we have to have deeper conversations. I will ask and ask and ask until they find that I'm too, I'm a bit naggy. <laughs> Can you just check too much about their lives? Uh, the yeah. four things you're saying again, I just want to sum it up because I think I thought that was a really good point. The mm. first one was loss of income. Loss of income. What if I do not reach sixty years old? What, uh, I, I, because people don't like the word um death inside. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. loss of income is because of disability or critical illness, or critical illness. Right? And then death. Death coverage. Death <laughs> which, which, I was trying to find the right word, but yeah. like but, death but, coverage. But, but but what I write on paper for clients is do not reach sixty years okay, old. Okay. Okay. And then the third one is retirement, and then the fourth one was uh, kids education. Child's education. Child's education. So yes. those are the four things. And interestingly, I went to a potential uh, mm. media event just last week, and they their conversation then was, what if you live to a hundred or beyond a hundred? You know. Yes, yep. many policies now end around ninety nine. On I mean, we plan for our retirement to like our expected um Correct. Life expectancy of eighty five, and more people are actually reaching this one hundred years old landmark. Uh, yes, but I think when you reach 100, you definitely want to um, enjoy the, the money that you have already. Right? <laughs> Assuming yeah. you can. Okay, um, we have a question on our, on our Facebook live page that we are firstly doing. Sure. Do you want your financial advisor to be rich? So is it a good thing your oh, financial oh. advisor is rich? Or should your advi- financial advisor not be too rich? Sorry, can I answer? Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, in fact, I think the richer the fina- your financial advisor, the better it is for you. You know okay. why? Because firstly, your financial advisor will not choose the highest commission product to try to sell you and secondly he won't hound, he won't be hounding you like a wolf saying that buy this policy buy this policy when sometimes you might not need it okay for my plan when i become well to do yeah. and when i semi-retire actually i want to just service my existing clients and do my trades alone sure 
yeah, so a rich financial advisor can can earn money other ways as well. Of course, of yeah. course. And because I can tell you that uh, a lot of people who are top of the table, call the table they have outside businesses as well. Okay. Like in future, I plan to start my own business on the sideline as yeah. well, but fund AIA has to allow me. I don't disagree with what Kenneth is saying, but I think it's important for us to also not presume that good advice and so whether someone is rich or not rich Correct. isn't necessarily a translation of whether the advice is good or not. Correct. I think it's too simplistic and perhaps even dangerous to presume that one goes with the other. Exactly. So, so just because a financial advisor is rich doesn't mean he can give good advice Correct. and vice versa. I, I foresee that, right? There are only two things it, you, you are rich is you um, bring you lah. Firstly, he won't harm you so much. Yeah. He won't try to sell you high commission product. Thirdly, I think he will be more susceptible to listening to you lah, rather than take your time to buy the policy and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that I feel is also important is the fact that just because someone looks rich doesn't mean they are rich. So it could a- very exactly, well be exactly, that yes. a financial advisor is well off, he's experienced, he has planned well and he has a lot of good clients but he just doesn't want to flaunt that wealth exactly. or he's more of a family guy and rather you know have a good MPV rather than a sports car so I think there's a lot of these things that as a consumer we need to be aware and mindful of because you know you could appear rich and spend a lot but you could be pretty poor actually yes, so yes. you will never know these things unless you really know that person very well mm-hmm. and in that case then you will probably know whether yeah. he's, he's good or his advice makes sense but uh, sometimes superficial judgment can be a bit risky correct that's why I always tell um, I always uh, tell consumers that yeah. right if you don't trust in me try to build a relationship first yes, then, you know, then you know me better yeah, and stuff yeah. like the, that the relationship is, is actually what counts more rather than the person's uh, mm-hmm. financial well-being and then you build a relationship then you truly know if you can trust that person also. Correct. Even if the knowledge is, uh, I mean, if I have a relationship with my, because for example, although I'm with AI, I do buy uh, products from other companies okay. as well, like those um, IFAs. Mm-hmm. For example, my friend is not so good in his knowledge or something. Mm-hmm. I'll encourage him to go and work on it okay. while I still be his client. Because over time, if you know that your advisor is um, improving, you'll be happy for him. Mm-hmm. If he's earning more, you'll be happy for him as well because okay. he can service your product better. Just to draw that point, actually, yeah, yeah, okay. in a conundrum sometimes when you can only sell AI products and what if your client is better suited getting one of the Ah, okay, because, products. okay, for me, right, I have com- I have friends in every company. Okay. So he wants something like, for example, um, Prudential's term policies are good, right? Uh-huh. So if he wants a pro term vantage, right, I'll recommend him to a friend. Okay. Because for me, um, no company can, no, no man is an island, so we need to have a team. Yeah. Yeah. And secondly, right, um, every company has a specialty, like Prudential's is, let's say, term. Mm-hmm. Uh, manual life ones is, let's say, um, a limited pay IRP. But AIA has, for example, AIA has uh, one early critical illness that covers you for three critical illnesses. Yeah. That one is the first uh, mover in the market as well. Okay. So all, okay. to me, the financial product market is always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. So you must always trust, we, I, I feel that we must always trust the person mm-hmm. because the person can recommend you to the right product with his context yeah. rather than trusting a company. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but not every financial, independent financial advisory can sell all products in Singapore. Yeah. Like some of them maybe can even sell half the spectrum. Yeah. So it's, and even if they can sell all the products in the market, mm-hmm. agents will tend to sell their favorite products as well. Or products they are more comfortable with. Yeah. I yeah. think that's always the case, right? Yes, correct. I think we've covered quite comprehensively on the before buying, but I want to touch a bit on the after buying also. Mm. So when you trust your agent and you buy from him, it doesn't mean that he has to help you with the claims, right? In, in a way. Oh, I feel that he has to. I feel that okay, he has what's, to... What's, what's, okay, uh, is he legally yeah, obliged? I think that's what the nation is trying to No, not so, legally obliged. So he's not legally obliged to help you service a claim. 
Correct, but I feel that if I don't help the client service a claim properly, well, my reputation will be at stake. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things which uh, I do see consumers sometimes basing your purchase decision on is the fact that you know they like someone and they think that, that someone will get to help them mm-hmm. claim. I feel the most important thing is actually for you to buy the financial product that you need rather than buy a financial product because you think a person whom you're buying for can help you in the Most definitely. Yeah. However, a lot of people in Singapore still do not know what products they need. Yeah. They do not even know whether they want guaranteed products or variable products and stuff like that. Right. So it's our job to dig as deep as we can to find out what they want. Like for example, if someone is cautious or risk adverse, yeah. I will always give them a principal guaranteed plan. But of course, you need to know it comes with a downside. So your principal guarantee cannot grow as fast as yeah. variable components. Yeah. Stuff yeah. with variable components. And, and some people are okay with that. Of course. So they know yes. exactly what they want. Because yeah. I, I was just having this conversation with my mom over the last weekend. Uh, we're talking about some investment related stuff as well yeah. as, you know, whether we should pay down a mortgage loan or what. And I realized that my mom, uh, she's already retired, but she mm. puts aside a few hundred dollars each month into a savings plan, okay. which essentially gives her almost no interest, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and so we're wondering why would she do that? So that, that was my first question. And then I realized that is a, and I was trying to ask her and probe a little bit further. And I realized that, you know, that's just her way of wanting to set aside something for herself. Mm. And, and she's already you know, nearing 70s and she just wants to make sure that she has some savings yeah. set aside and, and it doesn't matter to her if it's making almost no interest mm-hmm. she, it's just her way of allocating money and I think that's the thing you know like even if you give her an investment plan that could you know maybe generate a, a few percentage yeah. point more per year she's not going to want that because she wants to just save and set aside money as well, right? for her future yeah. or, or when a needy day comes so I think it's very, very important for financial advisors as well as consumers to work together and know what they want so that your financial advisors can help you accordingly. Correct, right. Actually, if your mom is actually close to um, 70, right, she can actually get those simple savings plan, right, yeah. whereby you put for five years and you, and you take out in year 10. I mean, although it's less, like, less than 2% yeah. uh, ROI every year, but yeah. at least it's hedges against, a bit against inflation. Yeah, yeah. You know, Singapore inflation is between 23 to 2.5%. So without, the, without a long-term savings plan, it's very hard to beat um, inflation mm-hmm. unless you invest or you put your money in the ILPs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think we, we coming to the end of the show, right? I just want to get a sense from you guys. What should insurance buyers do um, when they meet an agent for the first time? Or what kind of question should they be asking wow. before they buy your policy? That's quite a sensitive question <laughs> for, maybe for I, myself. I, I start first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when it comes to financial planning, the one simple way which I think most of us can relate to is, is just think of it as engaging an interior designer or, yes. or even working with other real estate agents. Don't just talk to one person, accept everything that the person say, or even just talk to one person because you know he or she is your cousin or your mm-hmm. uncle. It's always important to make sure that you find the right person you need rather than just give your business to someone just because he or she is your friend or a relative. I think yeah. there's no harm in wanting to talk to a friend or a relative. Um, it's basically giving them an opportunity to you know share with you their knowledge out of mm-hmm. the fact that you guys have already an existing relationship. But, but you shouldn't make a decision just based on, on that, that relationship alone. Yes. So uh, talk to a few person, try to get a sense of what the other people are saying. But also more importantly, try to do a bit of research and information. Yeah, you go online, do your yeah. own research. Yeah. And, and I, I believe that you know if someone is, is, is interested enough to spend one, two hours to research on their next overseas trip or to get the cheapest <laughs> flight or the best credit cards, then honestly there's really no reason why they can't invest that same couple of hours to get to, to do some research online and then maybe if they need to, talk to one or two person a little bit more in details to get more yeah. information. 
I don't think there is such a thing as best product or really the best advisor. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's a relationship that you're looking yep. for rather than a, the best person. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I think the first thing um, people yeah. should do when they meet the agent for the first time is maybe give them a chance. Yeah. Okay. Like, just listen to, to their presentation and see how you feel about it. Because sometimes I close cases on the first meeting because they are part of my niche market. Okay. Because for me, um, my niche market is doctors, lawyers, as well as uh, entrepreneurs. Okay. So when we click, right, and I know that they do not, they do not have a, something like a shield plan, something mm. so simple, yeah. I'll tend to get it right away. Because why? They get it now, they get it now, they pay for it. If they don't want, they can actually have the free look. I don't want to actually tell the client, right, no, take your time to buy the shield plan. You don't, you don't need it yet because you are young and you're healthy. Mm. I got cancer when I was 23 years old. Yeah. And I was planning to buy it six months later. Okay. So that's why to me, people should just give agents a chance. If you don't like the agent, just be polite and say that you, you'll consider and think about it. But I, I think agents, the moment they hit on the client's um, hot button, the client will be very um, responsive. But okay. I think time will tell like, whether the agent is sincere and caring for your financial need or he just wants to make that butt out of you. Like. Because okay. to me, um, agents who just want to make money out of you right from the start, right, they will not last. Like. But okay, just a quick question from just coming from the side of the consumer. I think one of the fears that consumers have, and I, I see in a lot of some of the social media group chatters mm -hmm. that we are participating on, is that sometimes there's just too many agents out there trying to you know contact you. Or even like you yeah. know, if you go down to Tanjong Paga, you see a lot of people trying to pitch you. So I mean, All it's right, very right. difficult to say give them a chance because if you were to give them a chance, you'd be stopping on the uh, street. I, I think give them, I think meaning give them a okay. chance in when you are comfortable. Okay, so not the person on the street. Like for example, like for example, let's maybe when you're waiting your wife and you, and you have consideration of maybe getting a new savings plan, right? okay. uh, then maybe when you Okay, listen. so the, it, it, it goes hand in hand. It goes yeah. hand in hand with what you're, you know, like for example, let's say I'm, I've been thinking about a critical illness plan. Ah, yes, yes, and, yes. And then someone approached me and say that they got a new oh, product. Correct. Maybe I should just listen to see, to correct. learn a bit more. And, and at the same time, listen. at the same time, before you listen to this guy, maybe you can text your text your close friend who's an agent or what to just, just refer you to a plan as well. Okay, like, so counter check a little bit. To ah, see it's, if it's like second use. opinion, third opinion and stuff. Okay. Like, but in Singapore, I just feel that for shield plan, right? Just get it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> that then, one, I think that is. That one's very hard to, that one's very hard to. Yeah, yeah. Because for, actually, to be honest, Claiming a shield plan, right? You go to the service center, it's much easier to claim than going to the agent. Yeah. Because we have to wait, there's a lot of red tape we have to face as well. Yeah. I think I like what you say about the fact that consumers themselves also should be able to somehow do the, a bit of the claiming. Uh, correct. Own. Because actually, sometimes, right, there are people who okay. sometimes they call you at the middle of the night and sometimes in their phone calls they are quite abusive, saying that wow. why my claim of um, 20k comes so slow and stuff like that. When we just submitted the slip for them like yesterday morning, wow. they expect the check to be in their house the next day. I think consumer expectations are important because I yes. uh, ordered my, my daughter last year to oh. hospital just for a few just for precautionary measures each time so ah, okay. uh, one of the things that I did almost immediately was I asked the, the counter staff to file a claim for her and, mm. and they processed the claim really easily uh, I didn't have to contact my agents oh yeah now, and, now yeah. these staff nurse need to be trained on how to e-file claims correct okay, yeah. and, and the, the interesting thing was I just want to share my experience it's a public hospital a great service I'm gonna, not going to say the name because I think it doesn't matter <laughs> I, but, I, but I, had, I had to actually raise it up mm. to them that say can you help me do a claim on my daughter's shoe plan mm -hmm. and they did so only after I asked. So I can imagine a situation where if the right. consumer isn't aware, uh, aware right. of this thing that you know, as, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm unaware, I might call my agent in the middle of the night Correct. and panic about uh, this I, I do answer phones in the middle of the night but <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell the person, uh, yeah. I said, hey bro, uh, hey, tell the staff nurse, have you filed? Okay. Then he says, so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yes, it's so it's easy. easy. Yeah. So awareness is 
extremely important. Correct. I do I, I do admit that there are some times where the case is more complex. Yeah. But in general, for 80-90% of the claim, if the consumer understands that hey, it's just as simple as telling the staff nurse, mm-hmm. that can be solved you without, without calling back. Yeah, yeah, but I can see a lot of situations where that doesn't happen as yeah. well. Yeah. So uh, consumer right. education, that's why right, right. actually, uh, actually I got something to add on like, Tim's <laughs> okay. point. So for Tim's point, right? Awareness yeah. is very important. Yeah. So Awareness we re- and the, and the right financial advice right together actually creates a good a, a, a beautiful uh, working relationship correct, yeah, correct. such that you will never doubt your agent and your agent will be always there to help you yeah. and that should I, I, ideally that should be every uh, relationship in in the financial planning world in Singapore but of course mm-hmm. that's a bit um, too ide- idealistic <laughs> already <laughs> la. Oh, yeah. So I, I really think it's it's a two but, it's a relationship but, takes two correct. Things. But for me, it's a I have a relationship, good relationship with at least ninety plus percent okay. of my clients. But if I reach hundred percent one day, it's utopia for me, lah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this also ties in back very nicely to our first point where consumers need to know their own objectives when buying. They need to mm. go online. They need to treat it as a as a travel. <laughs> it's very hard, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. In a way, it's difficult. But they need to start doing such things mm. so and research on their own so that they know this information. They are more aware yeah. when they are hospitalized or their loved ones are hospitalized. Um, right. Yeah, and so it ties in very well to. to in, in fact, consumers topic. actually who purchase personal accident plans, right? When they go to hospital, they they can claim as well. But but it's just that if it's not shield plan, they have to call their agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must know So like, so yeah. know this knowing these things. Uh, is, is this important and, and it helps protect you and also the agent and, and it's a much more efficient relationship yeah and I think we have come to uh, over 30 minutes uh, I think <laughs> we've never really hit uh, this kind of time mark before I hope the audiences are still uh, engaged uh, they will listen to us and uh, thank you Pogo for your time again no problem yeah. and we'll see you next week thank you thanks yeah